Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Cumming, Georgia, it's time for Forsyth Business Radio. And hello, friends, and welcome to an exciting episode of Forsyth Business Radio here on Business Radio X. I am your host, Amanda Pierce, joined in studio by three fantastic gentlemen, one of which is going to uh, sit in the catbird seat today and be my co-host. I'd like to introduce Dmitry Tiplinski. How are you today? Good. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, you, Um before I introduce our other guests, Dimitri, really quickly, I'll share with our listeners a little bit about the company that you represent, and then we'll dive into all the awesome and exciting things that are on the horizon. But you might recognize Dimitri from some chamber events. We actually shared a wonderful lunch at a Mexican restaurant just last week. He is the managing partner and founder of Alpha CIS, which is a cybersecurity and managed IT service company. And I'll let him get more into that as the show progresses. But I'd like to introduce our other fantastic guests before we get too far, Dimitri. All right. Let's welcome JJ Quest to the show. Good morning, JJ. Thank you. And also Clayton Kane. Hello, hello. Hello. All right. JJ Quest um, owns Conquest Strategic Marketing. And that is a local marketing company here in Cumming, Georgia, where we're broadcasting live from. He is the chief strategist. Now, I've seen a lot of the great work that you and your organization have done because I see you on social media. I know that you're at the hand of a lot of these very attractive videos that I've been seeing as of late. So share a little bit about um, the mission of your company with our audience. Sure. Yeah. So um, Conquest Strategic Marketing, easy for you to say. Um, we were founded in, uh, 2007, um, started, uh, kind of small and we've kind of grown into this regional, uh, full service ad agency. So, uh, we were discussing this a little bit before the show, but we, we kind of were different because, you know, we're not your typical ad agency. We really get into our clients business and we act as their marketing director. So, you know, whatever it is, graphic design, video production, geo-targeted marketing, uh, social, we provide all that, but yet you don't have to have that marketing person, you know, in-house with all the, you know, sometimes drama or payroll or payroll taxes or things like that. So you get a team um, instead of just a person and we, we take it uh, take it very personally and very seriously and call ourselves full service. Well, that is, uh, it's funny you say that because one of the things I wrote down, um, your agency prides themselves on the hands-on approach. And I'd like for you just to share a little bit about what sets you apart from other agencies that are in your similar space and what that hands-on approach is. Sure. Uh, We really cut our teeth on automotive, so car dealerships. And there's so, so much going on you know, at a car dealership, everything from the service department, salespeople, how do you um, get uh, customers from your service department into sales? So we really kind of get in their business. We get into the CRM, we find out, you know, who's producing. Um, and then we, you know, we, we create a, like I said, a geo-targeted uh, campaign for them um, to where we, we purchase their media and there's no waste, so we, we only purchase those types of media that uh, are going to land on the heads of people that might consider them, um, whether it be a car dealership or a, a plumber or a, um animal clinic or, you know, things like that. So, but we work hand in hand with them. You know, that word partner and partnership is used so commonly, but um, we really feel like we are part of their business. I like that. It sounds like a, a good core 
mission and values that you guys have. And again, I've seen the work that you've done within the community. So I'd like to circle back around and talk about sure. some of the people that maybe you've done business with or who you look to do business with um, sure. as well. But before we get too far into the conversation, I'd like to introduce our other awesome guest today, Mr. Clayton Kane. He is a partner at Clayton and Mays, or excuse me, Kane and Mays Trial Lawyers. And Clayton and I uh, met through service on a local board and um, recognized that we had a lot in common and we've kind of remained in each other's spheres ever since. So share with us, I know that you underwent a, a merger just recently, Clayton. Tell our listeners a little bit about your firm and a little bit about what's going on. Yeah, so I started my firm back in 2017, focused strictly on personal injury and trial work. Uh, we represent individuals that have been injured in car wrecks, trucking accidents, negligent security type cases, dog bites, really anything that you know that we can get into the courtroom on and go to trial on, we're going to handle. And recently we merged with um, John Mays and John A. Mays PC to form Kane and Mays trial lawyers. So now we're just able to really represent more people, do it more efficiently. And our goal is to always maximize the value of our clients' cases through the litigation and trial process, which is really how we differentiate ourselves from other type of personal injury firms. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about um, why you chose to merge versus uh, maintaining the practice on your own. It just allows us to to reach more people, represent more people within the community, uh, provides more resources, more hands on, and uh, and again, I wanted to practice law with somebody that uh, I trust, that I know, and John's a good friend of mine. He's actually uh, he's married to a cousin of mine, so we're technically family, and uh, it just it just allows us to really represent people more in a family atmosphere and really gives a, a more hands-on approach to where we can just offer more to our clients and to the community. Yeah, a robust um, robust offerings. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you do a lot within the community, and that's something that we all kind of have in common. So I want to put a pin in that and revisit community when we all have our discussion. Um, but really quickly, you also have a unique background as a baseball player in a pretty um, – high accolade as well within the Gwinnett County area. So share with our listeners a little bit about your passion for the sport. Yeah. So I grew up playing sports, grew up playing baseball, basketball, football, played football and baseball in high school and chose to continue baseball at uh, Georgia, University of Georgia, signed there out of high school, played there for three years. Great, great time. Um, ended up transferring to Vadasa State where I finished my college career and uh, there's just, you know, I like to run my business kind of like a sports organization, a lot of discipline, a lot of time management, that type of teamwork that we try to instill in our staff. And, you know, having that history and having that background of, of playing sports at the collegiate level is just, uh, it's something that I'll, I'll always take with me and I'll always instill in business and anything that we do. So it's just, uh, it's just something to always look back on and always be thankful for. Grew up having some of the best role models and mentors and the coaches that I had growing up from high school to college. I mean, they're, they're some of the most uh, influential people in my life and they've really instilled some of the values that I try to instill in the firm and in the business. That's funny you say that. And I'm glad you mentioned it because something that I read on your beautifully re revamped website 
Clayton, is uh, that you were able to, to carry that competitive um, spirit that you learned um, from sports and the discipline, et cetera, and parallel that into your firm and into the world of a trial. I can imagine as an attorney or as a lawyer that being um, enthusiastic about your mission to succeed for your client is top tier and that competition allows you to kind of win the case right i mean the competition is is what drives us i mean it's what again it's what we base a lot of what we do on uh when i went to law school i went to be a sports agent i was working for a sports agency i was getting my master's at georgia state uh was again the guy that i was working for said if you want to be a sports agent go to law school so i went to law school and lo and behold i got involved in a trial competition my first year in law school and was able to correlate trial with sports. You know, you got one side against the other. You got the judge, the umpire, the referee. You got the audience, which is the jury. And you put on a show. You got to prepare the same way. You have to know your opponent the same way. And and so our, you know, again, one of our core values at the firm is competitive. And it is to compete. We compete in everything that we do. We prepare in everything that we do. We're always going to be the most prepared team in the room. And we're always going to compete our butts off no matter what. And that is likened to our, you know, to my background in sports. And I think that competitive nature and that competitive edge gives us a little bit of an advantage when we get in the courtroom. I like it. You're the designated hitter. Absolutely. Woo! Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Dimitri, I'd like to just have you also share with our listeners, because um, not everybody knows you as well as I do, a little bit about um, how you kind of were inspired to start your company and a little bit about what you guys do at Alpha CIS. Yeah, so um, just like JJ, we are kind of almost a outsourced uh, service that companies would get. So instead of you know them paying for an IT uh, personnel or an IT staff, we're kind of the outsource for them to do so. So <clears throat> so you know we basically come in. There's no payroll, right? It's just a we have some contracts, but uh, for the most part, they get all the benefits of having a an entire IT team. Uh, as opposed to just, you know, one person uh, for a fraction of the cost, too. So, um, and then, yeah, we just kind of started off, um, started off really, I mean, my, my background is in finance, so I went to Georgia State uh, for that, and um, I I got like, a, you know, one of those real jobs where you sit in a cubicle for, uh, I did that for about... Uh, cubicle world! <laughs> We've all been there. Yes, we have. It's yeah. I I, I did that for about uh, a year, I think, and then uh, in that time, I just realized that you know that probably wasn't going to be my thing. So I ventured off, and I wasn't sure what I was going to do, but I just knew I wasn't going to do that. So I, you know, was like, well, I'll be a, I'll be a, a trainer at the gym. I was like, that's that should give me like you know twelve dollars an hour or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um. So and then and then at the same time, I kind of started. Uh, the, the IT thing, because I've been, I've always been into it and I've always had it as, you know, the back of my mind, kind of what I wanted to do. Um, and then um, did a couple of other things uh, in between then, and then just kind of landed back to, you know, to, to, to back to the, where I started from. He's so. being very humble. First of all, I'd like to introduce the host of a series that's going to be launching here next month on Forsyth Business Radio, and it's called The Startup Factory. So share with our listeners a little bit about yeah. the mission behind The Startup Factory and your vision for that show. Yeah, so I was super excited about that. Um, about, uh, about eight months ago, I got into marketing, sort of. And so what that did for me is I was just trying to figure out um, you know, how can I kind of help out the community but not be salesy because I hate salesy. So 
uh, to me, that's, you know, it's just the worst. I, I just, I see it and I feel like everybody else can see through the sales guys. So I was like, what is the best way to not be salesy, still offer value to the community and then just kind of organically, you know, uh, attract customers and help out everybody. And so the idea came to mind for the startup factory where it was going to be a, um, a show, um, and again, I, I wasn't quite sure how I was going to do this all, but at the time I was like, it's going to be a show. I wanted to do a video of it. So there would be, you know, it could be chopped up. It could be, uh, recorded. There would be, you know, keywords and the way it would benefit the, the community basically is by giving out uh, these recordings for free to the participants. Um, with the hopes that they will then repurpose that content the, and exactly. use it to yep, help exactly. propel their message. That's exactly it, right? I mean, y- if you have a 45-minute uh, video podcast that gets turned into a blog article, well, you have a blog article, now you could take snippets of that video, you have a you know a short reel for your Instagram, your YouTube uh, channels, TikTok, um, you can then take it, you know, you can make it a short, you know, a longer content by, you know, taking longer pieces um, you and JJ are speaking the same language. Yes, Sounds are. like the conversation yeah. we were having before the show. Yep. Um, I kind of want to bring a, 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 a topic to the table where we can all speak about. And I, Clayton, you've just undergone or you're kind of undergoing a rebrand, but not really rebrand merge and new kind of face of the company. And JJ, that's something that you do well. And obviously, Dimitri, you see the value in content creation and repurposing that. So I'd kind of like to open up um, the conversation to strategic marketing, some of the things that we all do in our world to help get um, our message out there. What are some things that you have seen work and some things possibly fail in the past? And JJ, since you are the expert in that that arena, I'll start with you. Um, Maybe share some successes or some failures or some uh, snafus. Yeah, well... You know, speaking specifically to Clayton and, you know, rebranding and everything and, and just the uh, the industry that you're in, you know, I, I can't speak highly enough for trust marketing, you know. Um, it's it's one thing, you know, such a competitive uh, business that you're in, you know. So, yes, you're going to have to, you know, uh, buy an SEM campaign and make sure that you're in front of people that are looking for you. You're going to have to be well-optimized, but telling the story or letting your clients uh, tell the story of what it was like working with you, how easy it was, um, and, and creating those in, uh, you know, small video uh, clippets, um, running those on, on social, having them on your website. You, know, you can put the longer version on your website. Um, but that's really, you know, whether you're selling cars or you're selling a service or you're selling, uh, you know, yourself, people – People don't always want, they don't want to hear from the owner of the company. It, it, and then that's, you know, that's another topic we should talk about. They should see you and your partner and, right. and the lawyers in your firm. Uh, but they really want to hear from people that have experienced your service right. or experienced your product. And, um, you know, videos is the way to do that. And there's so many ways to, once you have video, um, you know, like Dimitri was saying, you can chop it up into smaller pieces, share it as a story. Um, but definitely when, once you've captured a potential client, they go to your website and they want to, they want to get the personality of your firm. Um, and, uh, there's many, many ways to do that, but I would say video, video, video. I've been seeing a lot of your videos, like testimonials, Mm -hmm. just out of curiosity, because not everybody is as confident or as educated, um, you know, on, 
on how to present a message, do you kind of give them a little bit of, um, what's the word? What am I looking for? Uh, constructive criticism. Do you give them any like training or guidance at all when you're filming someone's the testimonial videos? Yeah. What we'll do is, um, let them just put them in front of the camera first and, you know, just let them go because a lot of times what comes from their heart and their, their first take is almost always the best. And then from there, you know, we'll, you know, maybe tweak it. I, well, poke and prod with questions. Um, you know, tell us, tell us what it was like, uh, what this experience was like, or, and we'll have a list of those ready to go just in case somebody freezes up and they, they don't know what to say. But for the most part, if you've invited someone to, you know, do a test, a video testimonial, they're going to come with some, some thoughts in mind. Um, but like I said, usually what they have to say first is gold. You know, what do you think is the best way of doing it? Is it, um, having, yeah, well, like, you know how you have some testimonials, they're like, somebody's like holding a shaky camera and right. then like, you know, in their bathroom or whatever, uh, making the video or the professional, like done by an actor maybe. Yeah. What, what, what's your take on that? Well, I think, I don't think actors should ever do testimonials. In fact, it, it annoys me when I hear, um, this is a paid testimonial, paid testimonial, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I know there's some legalities and disclaimers there that have to, for instance, Chick-fil-A does that yeah, for a reason. I was going to say that. Um, but there's a, there's a place for both. Um, but if it's on your website, I think it should be produced, you know, it should have a nice, a nice setting. It should be warm. It should be edited. Um, polished. Polished. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, but if the best you can do is, you know, getting a testimonial of one of your own clients on a, a cell phone, that's the best you can do and maybe you can't afford a production uh, crew or um, then you should do it. But at the end of the day, it's, it's people relaying their experience to other people. That's what we noticed is that when I was, when I was trying to do that myself, you know, I would, I would ask our clients to be like, Hey, can you record a testimonial? And then you get this, this crap back and you're just like, ah, this is, yeah, now we're not going to use that. Yeah. So getting them in a controlled environment. That's the, yeah, that's where. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we may throw out some ideas uh, beforehand. Here's what we would like to achieve with your testimonial, not giving them any exact ideas, but maybe mention uh, how did this change your life or how did this affect your family or what was the, you know. Well, because a lot of it, right, is is people buy, not because it's a, you know, financially a good decision 99% of the time, right? I don't know what the percentage is, but I think most of your decision making is on how you feel. When you make the purchases, that Gut, is yeah. that yeah, isn't that correct? Which brings me to a good point in your world, Clayton. Obviously, a lot of what you do is trust base. You know, right. people are entrusting you with their case, hoping for the best outcome. Right. So, making sure that you deliver a concise message, and also testimonials, I'm sure, are super powerful in your world because I can only imagine uh, just googling, you know, an attorney. Obviously, and we'll right. come back to SEO. Uh, so share a little bit about your experience with uh, personal testimonies helping your business and a little bit about your experience with the rebranding and kind of incorporating some of those elements to uh, deliver your message to the, the right. community. Well, I mean, as everybody knows, because everybody watches TV, everybody drives a car, everybody listens to the radio, legal marketing, specifically personal injury legal marketing, has blown up in the past mm-hmm. 5, 10, 15 years. Um, obviously, you know, you got, you got the godfather, John Morgan, who kind of bigger is better. Yeah. kind of just built the road for legal marketing and size matters and billboards everywhere and everything like that. Yeah. And you know, that, that does play, um, that does play a part in 
trying to land clients because if they don't know who you are, they can't hire you, obviously, right? right. But that sense of trust and that sense of um, testimonials from former clients plays a huge role in it. And, you know, obviously we go through different levels of marketing. First, you got to get them in the door. We have to get potential clients in the door. SEO, social media, community, out of you know, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. we got to get people to know who we are, how to contact us, get them through the door, and then we have to build that trust, right? Because they're not going to trust us at the start. I mean, plain and simple, unless they're a referral from a former client or from somebody else, um, from another attorney or something like that, that trust is going to have to be built as we earned. go. It's yeah. going to be earned. And so those former client testimonials, the Google reviews – all of our new clients are always looking at Google reviews. They're always looking at what other people are saying. We have a brand video on our website that has a couple video testimonials from former clients to discuss right. our process, how we communicate, and gives us that sense of, of trust from the beginning. Because, again, we're competing with law firms that have basically an endless marketing budget. They can put out as many commercials, as many radio ads, as many billboards as they want, and they control the market. So we have to take another route and we have to take another angle at marketing and build that trust first. And so that's why we do a lot of community-based marketing. That's why we do a lot of, you know, events and getting out and sponsorships and things like that. So we can, so they can see our face first. You know, they're not seeing an ad. They're seeing our face first. And then when they see an ad down the road, whether it's paid ads or social media or whatever, oh, we saw that, you know, we saw them at the, you know, at the, uh, at the event the other day or something like that. Hey, did she just... Correct me if I'm wrong. I was at an event at the Hudgens Art Center not too long ago. Didn't you guys sponsor that? Yep. Yeah. We did. We I love that you guys are so involved. Mm-hmm. I got a question, though. Okay, so, and tell me if this, uh, would, and the reason why I'm asking is because I've actually ran into this, but um, content marketing, have you guys, have you guys, what, have you guys done any of that kind of, um, and I'll give you an example of what that is. So, um, my dad was looking for, he was putting together a will, and he, um, he did a bunch of research, started doing research, right? Like being like, well, he, you know, like what, what goes into the will, right? Like, so, you know, you start you Google, right? Stuff. And then he found a YouTube channel where this lawyer was basically, it seemed like to me, he was giving out, you know, every, every single bit piece of information there is on what you should include in, in, in it, you know, what things that you should look for uh, and gave out, you know, specific examples of, you know, uh, what, what those things might be. So, um, and this guy had, you know, crazy subscriptions and basically positioned himself as a, um, as a leader in the marketplace of being able to, you know, say, Hey, if I, if I need a will, like that guy would be the dude that I would go to, except he wasn't here. He was in like, you know, Arizona or something. Um, but if if he was here, I would, yeah, like, yeah, you betcha. I would be, I'd be calling him just because I know that he's talked, he knows what he's talking about. Just, by posting up all this, you know, free content that I'm getting, I'm still going to have to hire him because I don't, you know, still going to pay him. But the fact that he was able to demonstrate to me that I didn't see any of his ads or anything. Right. I, I don't know anything, you know. Truly I just, organic. Yeah, right. it was just 100% and, and, organic. And that content marketing is huge. We do a, we do a lot of it, whether it's through blog posting. We don't necessarily do the, the YouTube and all that, but we do, you know, on the website, we do social media, we do stuff like that where the content is is crucial because we can, you know, we have to take certain steps to say this is not legal advice, but yep. hey, if you get in a car wreck, here's the top three things that you need to do. Contact your insurance exactly. company, yeah. yep. take pictures, get the other driver's insurance information, that type of stuff that gives information that provides that content 
And again, it, it, it sets yourself apart from other firms or other lawyers to say, hey, you know, we, we are the leaders in this market. We are the experts in this field. We know what we're talking about, whether it's with car wrecks, trucking cases, whatever it may be. And to create that content and utilize that content to show our expertise is, is crucial for what we do. Because again, we got to, we got to get, we got to get them in the door. We got to, we got to show our worth and we got to explain why potential clients should go with us versus another firm. Cause we can maximize the value of your case. We, we, we do things a little bit differently and we can, we can advance that and show that through the content marketing. And so that's absolutely, it's, it's huge. And it's a big part of what we do. Yeah. For those of you who are just joining us, you are on uh, Forsyth Business Radio, and we are speaking with JJ Quest of Conquest Marketing, and also Clayton Kane, partner at Kane and Mays Trial Lawyers, and my co-host today, Dimitri Tiplinski. I practiced saying that name a million did. times. Um, with Alpha CIS, and I am your host, Amanda Pierch. And we've got some great different positions on some kind of unique topics here, and I want to turn the tables a little bit because I know I could talk about marketing forever, and I'm sure you could too, JJ. But something that we all kind of share that's unique that I'd like to just um, speak about for a minute is our love for, let's say, athletics or extreme sports. Mm-hmm. So, JJ, we were talking before the show, and I just learned that you are a uh, mountain biker. Yeah. And Clayton gave us a little bit of a taste of his his baseball background. And here we have uh, Mr. Dimitri, who's just the powerhouse of all sorts, but also he's an enthusiastic karate father and a a gym guru. And I myself love all things Orange Theory and high intensity interval training. (laughs) So let's just kind of share a a little bit of of a fun fact about ourselves um, within that realm. And we'll start with you, JJ. Tell me about when you broke your collarbone uh, trying to... Oh, yeah. Go down <laughs> the mountains on, in Santa Fe. <laughs> yeah, mostly on the dirt bikes, really, is where I broke the bones. But um, now I've got a uh, 11-year-old son who's really into mountain biking, uh, and he's about to be faster than I am. <laughs> he's just a little guy, but we're so uh, blessed to have so many mountain bike trails in Forsyth County. I mean, whether you want a really extreme or just an easy Sunday ride, um, but uh, I don't know if that was a uh, a fun fact yeah. or not. But yeah, we just love it. It's great. You always get a, a great rush. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a they call it a runner's high after yep. you ride. And um, I don't know. I think it keeps me young and it keeps me uh, able to do stuff with my son. And you can never let him beat you, JJ. I don't know. He's, you can uh, never. Don't you? I, I forgot if you have a son or a daughter, Clayton. Son. Son. Okay. And also, Demetri has a son too. Yep. So you guys are all boy dads. Yep. You guys always have to maintain the upper hand. Yeah, don't ever let the kid win. He is the worst about letting, what is it? Participation sport. I mean, yeah, his well, yeah. child is five mm-hmm. years old and he treats him like he's 15. God yep. bless him. He's going to be a strong man, <laughs> but never, you always have to maintain the upper hand, JJ, just out of curiosity. Cause I'm not a Forsyth native and mm-hmm. you've been in the County longer than I, what are some of the parks or trails that you enjoy uh, when you go on your biking Char- journey? Charleston park. Okay. Up off three sixty nine. Um, it's uh, the entrance is right near the uh, the boat ramps. There we've got uh, Haw Creek, which is right out Highway Twenty. Uh, Matt Park Ooh. is very good. Um, Thank you. I'm, I'm writing these down. Yeah, those are a couple of our favorites. But um, you can ride it. There's there's trails in Dawsonville, but you, you just never get never get tired. And then just south of here in Alpharetta, Ropes Mill, and a lot of great places. Very cool. Yeah. Now, right at your own pace. how many have you have you broken any bones oh, yeah. in your extreme? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, mostly on the dirt bikes, the dirt bikes both yeah. wrists and <laughs> and one ankle. Ooh. Broke a heel skiing and 
Um, that's, that's about the worst of it. But one fun fact, mm-hmm. if you really want a fun fact, um, I rode a bull in a rodeo for six seconds. Nice. True story. When Hold I was living on. back in Toledo, Ohio. That's a long time on a bull, right? Six uh, fa- seconds. It, felt, is, it, it felt, went it went pretty fast. It didn't feel like that long to me. Um, but uh, Toledo? Oh, I was actually in Bowling Green, Ohio. Okay. It was at the fair, and I was working in radio at the time, and a DJ from another station had challenged me to, uh, you know, see who could stay on a bull longer in the it rodeo. You were just trying to eliminate the competition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, man, that's an adrenaline rush. Wow. Holy cow. Did you have to tie your hand, like, oh, yeah. down? So, basically, you immobilize your hand, and you could just be flailing about with only your hand attached to this So, a funny story on animal. that. You're, you're in the chute. You're on this massive bull. This one happened to have horns. Oh, His man. name was St. Pete. I remember this. Um, and you're, you slide your legs down, you know, on the, both sides of the bull, and you're in this, and he's not happy to be there, so he's rocking back and forth. Then they take your hand, and of course you're wearing a glove, and they wrap this leather rope around your hand, and then they kind of pound it down, make sure you're, I said, I said to the guy who was doing it, I said, are you sure I'm going to come out of this? He said, oh, yeah, you'll come out. <laughs> I was like, and the gate opened, and. Um, Hold on tight, fella. I have it on VHS uh, video. To oh, show my gosh. I'd love to see guys. that. Wait, can we still buy VHS <laughs> no. players anymore? Dang it. We need to have the remastered version. Yeah, I need to get it. Yeah, I, f- I feel like after watching Yellowstone, I'm a pro bull rider. <laughs> so that's, uh, is that what it felt like? Have you watched that show? Uh, yes. Yeah, is that yeah. what it felt like? You get in there, you get in, you, oh, you yeah. get tied down. And it's crazy. I mean, but I, I, I don't know at any point in my life if, I, if I've ever had more adrenaline pumping through my body than before that imagine. gate opened. And yeah. uh, But I could say I did it. I say and the, I did the, hit the dirt. The bull had more adrenaline bumping yeah. than you. Did you, yeah. beat, did you beat the other DJ? Oh, he, the gate opened and he went off immediately. He like, <laughs> let go. So, yes. I forgot that you had some um, experience in radio. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How does it feel to be back behind Feels the microphone? Great. Yeah, Feels you're great. a natural. Thanks. All right, Clayton. So, first of all, I want to sh- I want to hear the the interesting factor, whatever that you're going to tell us. But I do want you to share because I'm so passionate about your. I keep calling it a nonprofit, but your effort that is for bridging the gap with uh, former athletes and um, you know real world integration. So, Clayton um, established an organization. Help me fill in the blanks here. Yeah. So, so we established. Uh, it's called Athletes in Transition. And so, when I got finished playing college ball. Um, you know, I was a, a fifth-year senior. I was beat up. Uh, I was an All-American that year. And uh, I had a couple offers to go sign as a free agent to play professional baseball. But, again, I was 23, 24 years old, beat up, and said, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to pursue it anymore. Um, but after that, I struggled with the gap between sports and the real world. Yeah. It's basically like, what am I going to do now? Because uh, I had never really prepared for life after sports. And so – through that experience, I realized that that's that it wasn't just me. That that's common. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you hear it all the time with professional athletes where they get done playing and they go out on their own and and they just kind of fall off the wagon. Um, they don't they don't know what to do next. They don't know how to interview. They don't know how to build a resume. They don't know anything about the business world. And so, what we've created is a organization that allows former athletes, high school, college, and professional athletes to team up with a mentor, whether it's in insurance, whether it's in law, whether it's in marketing, whether, you know, in medicine, whatever it is, and it allows them to 
bridge that gap between sports or athletics and getting into the real world and Brilliant. finding a job and and it really t- and they and you can even start it while you're still an ath- while you're still playing so like for colleges for example you can go to a college athlete and say hey you know the the chances of you moving on and making it to the NFL the NBA the the MLB or playing professional sports is Slim. Slim. <laughs> Slim. So let's go ahead and start preparing for after after sports. Let's go let's go ahead and start thinking about what you want to do, what industry you want to get in, what you know, do you want to be an entrepreneur? Do you want to open your own business? Because we can help with that. You know, that again, your uh the startup podcast is yep. gonna be great for that because a lot of people want to do that, but they don't know how. Well that's yeah. exactly it. Yeah, that that's a lot of people just yeah are, are excited and they're like, Yeah, let's do it but then when it comes down to it, like, well, how do you start an LLC? Yeah, like where do you like what are you what's a what's marketing? Yeah. Right, yeah. I remember when I started my firm I had no clue what I was doing. Right. I mean accounting, financing, you sure. know, marketing, budgeting and, and and figuring all that out. You know, I could be a lawyer and go try a case, but to do all of that other stuff, yep. I mean, you know, you, you gotta learn on the fly. So athletes in transition just helps former athletes and current athletes bridge that gap and being able to to take that next step and be prepared for once they enter into the, the, the real world. Right. I love Such that. Such a right a cool yeah. um, thought to have. And I made this with I mean this with the most respect to those who have served, but I, I gave this parallel to Clayton that it's similar to when people come out of the service. Mm. If they've been career military or just the the fellows that go and serve four or eight years and if they're an MP or whatever, how do you take those skills and translate them into the real world and then be able to earn a living for yourself? Yes. There's a little bit of a stopgap. I was gonna agree with that. Yeah, I was gonna say the same exact thing, yeah. Right. For yeah. military. Yeah. And and you can take you know, from from military perspective and athletics is that that mindset that former athletes, that former servicemen and women have, that discipline, that teamwork, that doing, you know, do, doing, doing for others, those type of values translate into the business world. Great. I mean, from a hiring perspective, I'm always asking those questions. You know, were you a former athlete? Did you serve? You know, stuff like that, because you automatically know that they're going to have those values and they're going to practice those values that are that create a successful. Great people to hire for sure. Absolutely, military and uh, and athletes. Absolutely, are, you know. they have that fortitude. Yep. Now, share a fun uh, a, a sports story or fact with us. There's got to be something funnier, yeah. or um, serendipitous from your ball days. Man, there's there's a lot. Um, one into just to pick one's a tough one. Um, I don't, I don't know. Spot. I don't know. Yeah, you put. Okay, well, you again, can think I, I, about I, I can't, it. I can't think of one specific thing. Uh, Funny fact. You know, played played with a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of guys that um, went on to have very successful major league baseball careers. Um, one in particular was uh, uh, one summer I roomed. Uh, we were on Team Georgia, and we went out to Oklahoma, Norman, Oklahoma. I think it was to play in a tournament, and my roommate out there was Buster Posey, who just mm. retired from the San Francisco Giants. Yeah. He's likely a first ballot Hall of Famer. Wow. Um, great, great guy. But, you know, that's that's that was that was the benefit of playing, you know, travel You're also a Hall of Famer. Yes, You're a Gwinnett County Hall of Famer. I'm a, a Gwinnett County Hall of Famer. <laughs> All right. That's right. Nice. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, I guess that could be an interesting fact. Yeah. Yeah. Are you yeah. teaching your son to play baseball? Uh, I mean, we have a ball and he's two, he's two, he's about to turn three in June. So, you know, but he, I mean, he'll go and, you know, when the Braves, when the Braves were going through the world series and all that, um, 
he would we'd be sitting up at night and he watched every inning. I mean, oh, that's great. You know, nice. my, and if my, my wife would always, you know, she would she'd be like, he needs to go to bed. And all this <laughs> stuff. I'm like, come on, this is this is a once in a lifetime yeah. thing. And so she, you know, obviously she gets it. She understands. She 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 appreciates it um, because she could see, you know, that he was loving it. He was watching the games and you know, in the middle of an inning, he'd go and get his bat and his tee. He'd put oh. the ball on tee and he'd <laughs> hit it. And uh, so yeah, so he's you know my thing is. Uh, I grew up, you know, in a disciplined household. Say you're going to play sports, you're going to do all this, and and I, and I appreciate that so much. And and I, you know, I'm going to leave it up to him. He can do whatever he wants. If he wants to play golf, go play golf. If he wants to play baseball, go play baseball. The one thing I'm not going to let him do is play football. <laughs> Why is that? Too many head injuries. Too many head injuries. Too many head yeah. injuries. Just Still the not same way. Do it. If you guys are listening live, it's the fifth. Mm. And correct me if I'm wrong. Opening game for the Braves, right? Oh is yeah. On the seventh. Which is just a couple days. The warmer weather. Get out there and hit some balls. Dimitri, tell us really quickly about some of your skateboarding adventures and all of the off-roading that you do with your cool hobby Jeep. So, uh, yeah, so my my kid just recently got into just uh, scooters. You know, like yeah. the Razor scooter. And we go to Which a... Those uh, were popular when I was a child, by the way. They've made a comeback. They're back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're back. Yeah. So, and so we take I take them to the skate park and... Um, and I just got tired of like just sitting on the side, like you know, browsing my phone. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna get get back into skateboarding. So that's been my. Uh, <laughs> so next time you see me in a cast, I'll be. That's the reason yeah. why. Yes. Okay. But you're silly because you're saying it's just for the kid, but you like to skateboard by yourself. That even is when true. He's yeah, not there with you. That, so that you're happen as well. Yeah, they're getting it. <laughs> Shredding I'm, it. Really curious, you guys have been so kind to, to entertain all my various topics, um, not only about business, but about involvement and marketing in the community. Um, something that we all share is a, a passion for servant leadership. JJ, I know that you're a Rotarian, mm-hmm. as am I, and we often are in the same Rotary at yes. 7.30 in the morning. Go yes. ahead and plug the Rotary Club, because I don't know. Lanier Forsyth Rotary. Lanier Forsyth. The best. Um, Clayton, you and I participate in a variety of boards and all kinds of networking events and stuff like that together. And same thing with Dimitri. So share a little bit about how I'm a firm believer that service leads to sales and we all sell something, if not ourselves in a legal manner. Oh, that disclaimer. Um, share a little bit about the importance of what is it with the rotary service above or self? Tell me with the, the service mission. Service above self. Service above self. Is that what it is? You recite it every yeah. day, JJ. No, every Tuesday. Oh, every Tuesday. Yeah. Man, I know Derek would know it. Son of a gun. Either way, about the importance of serving your communities, your families, or whoever you serve versus just trying to hard sell. Something that we all understand the importance of is relationship development, and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to uh, come into fruition instantaneously. So here's just some some topics for the table. We're talking about servant leadership. We're talking about community participation and how they integrate into the businesses okay jj i see you doing the head nod sure um i mean the benefits are obvious for the community i I truly believe that giving out good uh, the good comes back um and we've definitely seen that Uh, not not just through the rotary because that's a group effort but uh you know, there, there have been organizations that have asked us to help them with their their marketing and we absolutely want to do that um, we've run into people, geez, at, at, at some of our clients' locations that have gone on to, uh, you know, start their own businesses, and um, we jump at chances like that. In fact, we want to set aside a certain amount of hours and time every year uh, to do those kinds of things. And the other thing is, it just, um, 
it, it just helps build your network. And there's, I mean, you just can't put a value on that. Since I joined the Rotary Club and the Chamber, just the elbows that I rub with and the people that I meet, um, I just being here around, you know, this table, you know, you, you have to put yourself out there and, and it does come back. Not always in the way that you expect, but and maybe not always uh, monetarily or financially, but it always comes back in, in some way. I like that. And um, you mentioned something that's kind of interesting because I know that that translates into your world, Clayton, about pro bono. So did I understand you correctly that you basically designate a number of man hours and, and resources on an annual basis to yeah. essentially give? That's exactly right. Or, that's fantastic. Yeah, quarterly, JJ. annually, if you know, but yes. Wow. Yep. So again, the term in your world, Clayton, is pro bono. And my question, what's, the, what's that mean? Isn't it? I heard it on law and order. Okay. Um, do you also, does your firm take on any pro bono cases throughout the year? I mean, obviously again, being service oriented, is that like a percentage on an annual basis or is it case by case? Yeah. So, I mean, so we do pro bono work. And so obviously that's just offering our services for free. Um, most of what we do is on a contingent basis, so we don't charge upfront retainer fees or hourly fees or anything like that. Um, so it's a little bit more difficult to do it on on the personal injury front. But we do, you know, we will take criminal cases. We will handle family law cases. Um, I do a lot of um, business development and outside general counsel work for local businesses and things like that. So we do, um, you know, I would probably say. 20 hours a week, or I mean 20 hours a month mm-hmm. of, of pro bono work where we're taking on, we're giving mm-hmm. advice, we're helping somebody set up an LLC, uh, wow. we're helping, you know, somebody who uh, received a citation traffic violation or something like that, and we say, you know, hey, this won't take but a couple hours of our time, we'll, we'll handle this pro bono, and, you know, the, the truth of the matter is not everybody has, you know, the means to, to hire lawyers, Um you know, we, we, and that's why we're able to do what we do on a contingent basis. Um, cause not everybody, not, not most of our clients can't come to us and say, Hey, you know, we're going to give you a, a $10,000 retainer fee. If you go sue this insurance company for us, um, we do everything, uh, upfront for, for our clients. So we cover all the expenses. We cover all the, the filing fees, deposition costs and everything because we know that they can't pay for it out of pocket and they are going up against billion dollar industries and insurance companies. And so, you know, that's not, you know, we, we get paid back on the back end on that, but that's not necessarily pro bono, but it is something that we can offer that helps, you know, that helps give a voice to the citizens and to the community that they wouldn't otherwise have. Absolutely. And so, you know, we, we do it mainly from a criminal defense standpoint where they can't come in and hire, um, hire lawyers at $250, an hour, something like that. When I first started, Gwinnett does a really cool thing where they have an appointed list. And so, you know, let's say you get arrested and you're read your rights. You have a right to remain silent. You have a right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, we will, you know, we will provide you one, Right. So Gwinnett does not necessarily have a public defender's office. They have an appointed list where they have private attorneys around the community that will be on this appointed list. And so for indigent defendants who cannot afford an attorney, they can come in and say, hey, you know, here's here's 10 new cases. And, um, you know, you work you work those cases up and, and, and provide that service for individuals throughout the community that would not otherwise be able to, um, to, to afford it. And it is, that is important. Cause again, you know, at some point 
you know, I'm a big believer in, you know, the law of attraction and, and being able to, to get back what you give out and things like that. And, and that is a big part of it. And, you know, community, that's, that's what we, that's why we do what we do. You well, know, I mean, we want to get involved. We want to, we want to help people out. Right. Clayton and JJ, it sounds like we guys both need to be on the, definitely on the, the startup factory. Cause it yes, sounds like you guys, you, you guys, you, you guys all have a lot of value stuff to, to give to people that are, Either yeah, either either down on their luck or or like you said, even starting an LLC or um, you know just starting somebody off with just a basic marketing thing. Um, uh, JJ, you know, I can ask you this: What would be the like a you know? Let's say your typical client comes in being like, "I have no idea what I'm doing. How do I?" You know, what are some of the I guess questions that you would ask a new client to kind of sort of understand better where their business is and where they're headed to, sure. and kind of help develop. You know, and maybe people can use, yeah, strategy, and maybe people could use that to kind of, you know, develop that themselves. Right. Um, first question I ask is, you know, what's important to you? You know, is it uh, phone calls? Is it people coming to your website? Is it just getting your brand out there? Um, <clears throat> so, so, we like can't call to action. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What do, what do you want people to do? What do you want? What's the message you want people to hear? And, and how does that translate? How is that, you know, what, what's most important to you? Um, what's going to lead, you know, to the most conversions into a sale or a, you know, um, a service. And then from there, um, <clears throat> find out, you know, what kind of budget they're working with. And then, you know, um, you know, for example, uh, a law firm, you know, I, I think a law firm needs to, like your Morgan and Morgans, if you can afford it, you have to, you know, we talk about the funnel and for people that are listening that don't know what that is, it's people are somewhere in the funnel. They're either at the high in the funnel where maybe they're not considering it. Like you don't always know that you're going to need a lawyer, right? But you have to, you have to put your name out there for when somebody does. And then as they move down to the bottom of the funnel, they're ready to take action. So, um, you know, once we find out their budget, um, determine how much we're going to spend on high funnel, low funnel. And then, you know, what a lot of companies don't think about is, okay, you know, we've got this amount of money to spend on whatever medium it is, but you also have to produce content um, to create that advertising. So, Hey, JJ, would a podcast be a good uh, piece of content for absolutely. an agency like yours <clears throat> to utilize? Absolutely. Yeah. Great point, Amanda. <laughs> um, uh, but that's, that's kind of how we go about it. Um, find out, uh, we, we ask a lot of questions, you know, yeah. what, uh, what are your profit goals? Where are you now? Where do you want to be, um, by the end of the year, next month? Um, and, and then from there we can start to recommend different, um, mediums and, and ways to get that, the word out there. Um, with our smaller companies, um, I think it's really important that, uh, we mentioned this earlier, don't waste money, you know, don't, you mentioned budget and, you know, that's the thing is like, I, even people will ask him budget, like, well, I don't, I don't know how many dollars it takes to, to get, to get in, you know, to get something accomplished. Cause a lot of the times people don't set budgets, especially for smaller companies, right? Like you don't have the upper ups telling you, Hey, you got, you know, a hundred thousand dollars to waste this month right. on, on, on ads. So it's like, you know, how do people determine how many dollars they should spend on their ad? Let's ask Clayton that question. Yeah. So as somebody, you know, you're doing the rebrand, obviously uh, we recognize community participation is on the forefront. But if a person like JJ or myself were to come in your world, come into your world and ask you what you're looking to achieve, 
Um, like what's the next step with, uh, with your merger, et cetera. What are those key points that you're looking to, um, be exercised with any one of these companies? Right. So, I mean, uh, first and foremost, we're, you're, we're always looking to optimize a return, right? We're looking for what's going to reach the most amount of people, what's going to give us the most amount of leads intakes that we can convert mm-hmm. into real clients. Right. And, and optimizing a return is, is crucial to forecast. It's difficult at sometimes because, you know, because you, whether it's SEO, whether it's billboards, whether it's TV ads, radio ads, you know, there are certain things that we can do to determine whether or not this is going to be a realistic return that we're going to make a profit on and everything like that. But at the end of the day, you know, with, our industry and our business, it is tough because we don't know what types of cases we're going to get. You know, if we, if we spend, you know, X amount of money a, a month on SEO and we get smaller cases and it's not going to be good, but every now and then you get, you're going to get that, that sure. big high value trucking type case that it's going to, is going to present is going to provide that return. And so we're always re- keeping reports. We're always making sure that we understand where all of our callers, all of our leads are coming from, what campaigns are coming from, what are they, you know, we go as specific as typing, you know, what did you type into Google to find mm, us? Smart. You know, what keywords were you typing in? Because everybody can type in, you know. Personal injury. Right. I mean, and typically they say, well, I just found you via Google. Okay, mm-hmm. well, let's get more specific. Did you type in personal injury near me, personal mm-hmm. injury right. Lawrenceville, personal injury Forsyth, car wreck attorney? We want to know that because then that's going to help somebody like you, JJ, who, who can better understand and optimize yes what those keywords are doing from a Google thing, which is just a, a, a an algorithm in itself. That is For those listening, and I'm not trying to be funny, but a lot of people are unfamiliar with the acronym SEO, which we've res- referenced several times. It stands for search engine optimization. Now, JJ, I'd like you to learn me something. That's a Southern term. Okay. Totally broken English. Learn me. You mentioned SEM. What's that? Search engine marketing. Nice. Google ads. Okay, exactly what Clayton was talking about. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you for teaching it. And another thing that I noticed is that, and I guess, um, JJ, you probably see this often, right? Customers come in like Clayton, right? And you guys, you know, you're like, okay, I have this much money to spend on, on ads, right? Or on marketing. And what a lot of people I feel like fall into uh, is this this idea that like hey I I'm dropping this money and then tomorrow I better mm. see my inbox blow up with leads right right and oftentimes that is not the case and I'm sure JJ you could probably talk a little bit more about that and how how actually marketing works and organic marketing and how you know yeah organic organic marketing um, really helps you to raise your hand in the Google organic search when someone is looking for something that you uh, provide. And, you know, you can do that through a myriad of different ways, obviously, uh, blogs on your website, um, uh, content, video content, uh, ranks very highly. Um, we have found recently that, uh, YouTube videos, um, are being searched and shown organically. For example, we have a car dealership, um, where we shoot, uh, a walk around video of a, a used car that came in and it's just, it's just a 30, 45 second, uh, video. What is is it? Is it a shorter form or a longer format that you notice would get the mo- would get better results? Short, short, shorter yes. form. Yep. Um, but we noticed, uh, you know, in this this client's YouTube page that these particular videos were getting eight hundred, nine hundred, over a thousand views, and it's because someone was searching for a twenty eighteen Dodge Challenger, and Google said, 
there it is on YouTube. I'm going to put it in organic. And the beauty of that is it shows up. It looks totally different than everything in organic because it actually shows up as a video. So, um, but I don't know if that answers your question or not, but yeah, uh, no. Yeah. yeah, I think that's, I think, I I think that's, uh, that's good. Hey, Clayton, what do you say we get uh, 30 billboards down 85 and and plaster your face and some catchy slogan on it? In pain, cocaine. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> and you know who I'm talking about yeah. too. No, I mean um, the, one. the billboard market is, is is interesting because billboard marketing continuously shows a return. I mean, it, it continuously year in year out, it shows a good return because it's it's branding. Everybody, you know, we have a couple of billboards on 316. Our phone number's not on it. You know, it's just here's who we are. You know, right. call us if you need us, or that's it's recognizable. It's branding. We want people to know who we are. It has our website on it. But again, we're not. We don't have. Uh, we don't have those catchy phrases. We don't have all that type of stuff. But again, it works because it, it top people, of mind awareness. Type yeah. of mind. Yeah, I mean, people see it. People know it. People are aware of it. And so when they do get into an accident or need our service, I saw. You know, they they see they see those. Yeah. In their mind, they, in they pain, Paul Klein. I'm thinking yeah. of this crazy one that I saw uh, headed towards North Carolina. My parents live in Virginia, so I drive up 85 where they're forever doing road work. And it's like, you want to scream? Call Joaquim. Oh, and like the numbers yeah. are like all twos. It's like four seven zero two 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 two. Yeah. I'm like, man, I can only remember my mother's telephone number by heart. But I can remember these gimmicky billboard personal whatever attorneys. Sure. Yep. Um, and it is gimmicky, yes. So before as this conversation comes to to an end, because I could talk to you guys forever, just out of curiosity, you know, you have a, a, a well-respected firm in the Gwinnett and surrounding areas. And I'd say that your image, just from a third-party perspective, is very polished. It's very um, professional. It's not gimmicky. And I know that's something you worked really hard not to fall into that cadence. And right. JJ, you kind of you know, help people create their, their own brand, et cetera. Sure. Do you think there is any value in having a, a, a kind of catchy slogan, even kind of quirky uh, tagline or something like that, just for memory's sake? Absolutely. Okay. So from the marketing standpoint, yes. And then from the image that you want to present, you don't want to fall in, into that. So talk about that parallel or... Right, because I mean the benefits, we, or we want to differentiate ourselves, right? I mean that that's first and foremost. We want to differentiate ourselves because, especially in in the personal injury injury realm. I mean, again, everybody sees it, everybody knows it, everybody sees the the billboards, the TV ads, the radio ads. They see all that stuff. So there's part of it that we we have to compete with those people. We mm-hmm. have to compete with those firms. We have to get our name out there so we can be recognized, whether it is uh, that that out of home marketing or through digital marketing, social media, whatever it is. Um, but again, we have to, we have to do things differently to differentiate ourselves. So we can be seen as, um, not the gimmicky, not the, the ambulance chasing billboard type attorneys. I mean, you know, and, but that's just a real thing. Everybody sees personal injury. They go, well, you're an ambulance chaser, right? Not necessarily because all we do is, um, you know, our goal at our, our theory and the way that we kind of brand ourselves is we're going to maximize the value of our clients' cases through utilizing innovative systems, processes, and actually litigating and trying cases. We go to court. Mm-hmm. We take depositions. We are putting, you know, essentially where our money, where our mouth is, and, and we're, we're, we're putting up a fight against these insurance companies where, unfortunately, a lot of the gimmicky 
type firms, they just want a quick settlement. Yeah. They're, they're, not, they're, not, they're, they're doing a disjustice to their clients because they're not getting the full value of what their client's case is. They're not willing to spend the money and resources and time to litigate a case, to go to trial for fear of losing or fear right. of, you know, not getting the best return on, on their money and on their marketing. Um, so I would recommend that you stay that course, mm-hmm. uh, stay genuine, uh, caring, you know, whatever those words are. Um, I'll tell you what those I, words are, JJ. Thank you. Because at Kane and Mays, they pride themselves on preparation, persistence, and production. Nice. That's right. Yeah. The, the, the three P's. That's <laughs> right. That's a catchy slogan. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Persistence. I mean, you know, it, 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 it's uh, more and more firms are going to that. Because, again, you, there's there's two theories and there's two kind of business models in personal injury. It's the high volume quick turnover, we're going to get as many cases as possible and we're going to turn them over as quickly as possible, right? And then there's a model of we're only going to work up high value cases, right? But I think there is a, there's a medium there. There, there, there's a, there's an opportunity to be a hybrid type firm where we're not afraid to take small cases. We're not afraid to take the simple rear end wrecks that are, that are low value, um, that, uh, you know, that, that we can settle without going to court or, or litigating or going to trial, um, but we also handle big, complex, catastrophic, wrongful death, trucking, products liability, medical malpractice, negligent security, shooting type cases. And there is there there's a method to the madness there because if we have if we have the right systems and processes in place, then we can get those smaller cases done quickly while generating a maximizing value to maximize the value of their case as well. Um, but we can also handle those complex cases and increase the value of our clients' cases throughout that whole process, through litigation, through trial. And so I think, you know, a lot of firms get scared of mixing the two. It's, hey, we're going to go high volume, low value, turnover, turn and burn type mm-hmm. deal. Um or, or they want to go the high value, no marketing. We're not going to put ourselves on billboards. We're not going to put ourselves out, you know, yeah. on social media. We're going to be the traditional suit, tie, hey, you know, we're, 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 we mean business every single day mm-hmm. type firm. And, and again, is, is there a right or wrong answer of which one is the better? No, but I think there is a, an opportunity there to be a mixture and be a hybrid of both of those types of firms. And that's what we're trying to do because again, we are community based. We are trying to help people, whether it's a small car wreck, slip and fall type case or somebody lost a loved one in a trucking case. I feel like if you're just being your, you know, you're actually being your genuine self and uh, kind of kind of projecting that into your company, I feel like you're going to be successful because people aren't going to see you as you're trying to be a poser, trying to look like, you know, right. trying to have this, this sort of fake image that really might not even be you really. Right. So it's just, yeah, just being true to yourself. Right. And I think that is big is, you know, talking about community and we're talking about community a lot here. And I think that that's the biggest thing is if, if you're going to brand yourself as a community based client based type business, not just law firm business in general, then you can't turn away people if the, if it doesn't meet the, 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 yep. The, the guidelines. Know, the guidelines. Yeah. If it uh-huh. doesn't meet things, you know, you can't. You can't say we're going to hear. We're here for the people and say, well, not you. you know, <laughs> not those only, not, not only certain yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to make us enough money this time. So not this time. So. I, and again, I think that is the big part of it is if you're going to, if you're going to brand yourself in that way, you have to live up. Be authentic. Yeah. I like that word that you used hybrid. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And I can totally see that fusion for those of our listeners who have been uh, intrigued by this conversation or would like to learn more about your firm. Where can they find you online? Obviously your SEO is popping so that they can just Google Kane and Mays, but go ahead and give the, the direct website. Kane for and Mays, the, the, the actual website is kaneandrelaw.com. 
And that's C-A-I-N. C-A-I-N-I-N-J-U-R-Y-L-A-W.com. Kaneandrelaw.com. Law.com. All right. Give it a Google. Mm-hmm. And how about yourself, JJ? Our website is ConquestSM, like strategic marketing, mm-hmm. .com. ConquestSM. .com. And Dimitri, why don't you share with our listeners, first I want to ask you really quickly, from a cybersecurity perspective, um, would you be able to assist either one of these organizations with your organization? I feel like Clayton's might fall into your wheelhouse. Yeah, I mean, uh, actually, a lot of lawyers, you know, um, especially the lawyers who do, um, who do like the closing attorneys, and uh, those guys are, you know, the number one targeted, uh, basically, uh, number one targeted just for the fact that they're always they have, you know, huge amounts of money that they're moving. And uh, the difference between, you know, sending a million dollars to a Persian king versus a, you know, in the local account, it could be one digit off. So hang on, I've gotten those emails before from someone in distress. They're trapped in Guam. They need 30 K wired to them immediately in order for them to be safely returned. And I'm thinking to myself, is this, what's that movie taken? Yeah. Is this taken? Yes. I haven't heard from this woman in two decades. I find her on Facebook. I'm like, Mary, are you okay? She's like, yeah. I was like, you're not in Guam. And that's, and that's, <laughs> She's like, no. And then phishing is the biggest thing for that. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what that's kind of what most of the cyber attacks have been. It's, it's the social engineered ones um, targeting, you know, the the person, you know, targeting the secretary, for example, because mm-hmm. um, they're the most they're the, they're the ones that want to be the most helpful. And they're mm-hmm. the ones who will offer up the most information because that is literally their job is to provide service, to be helpful. So and they're usually, you know, not the not 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 the ones well versed in cybersecurity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's so, a good point. We had a situation like that a couple of weeks ago where uh, my entire staff got an email from me, allegedly, yep. mm-hmm. that said, hey, I need uh, I need. Do you to do buy me gift a huge cards. gift cards? American Express. You, I need you to do me a huge favor before you come in today. Will you go buy five gift cards? Send me the, you know, send me the barcode yep. and all yep. that stuff. And uh, and uh, you know, yeah, we'll one, reimburse one, you when you get to the office. One particularly came in and was like, "Is everything okay? What do I need to do? I'll go get them. I'll go to Walmart and get them right now." And I'm like, "What are you talking about? I don't need a gift card." And she was like, "No, I got this email from you." And I was like, oh, "Wow." Great. Yeah, which is totally viable in our world because at events we do giveaways. You know, you could have been getting client appreciation. A lot of the time is really creative. They'll they'll do that and they'll be like a you know a fifteen dollar gift card, right? But the next time it's going to be a lot higher. And the same with you know transferring money and stuff like that. At first, it might be a small wire. They'll talk to you a little bit more, and then the next one will be you know larger, and then we'll keep going on until somebody. Catches it. So are you just put do you just come in and put up the security walls and the firewalls to prevent it? It's 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 kind of a combination of multiple things. Um, we kind of take a look at uh, you know yeah. So there's the physical stuff like the the the, the firewalls, and there's also the endpoint protection for for the users. And then a lot of the times it's the training. So um, training goes along probably one of the the more useful ones, right? You, if you don't click on that email, they're not going to get to your computer. But it's the training of the mm-hmm. of the staff to recognize. Sounds that. like a good podcast. Yeah, man, that might be one, one about cybersecurity. Maybe. <laughs> hey, really quickly, Dimitri, if anyone would like to take advantage of your services um, for Alpha CIS, uh, where can they find you online? Yeah, so it's uh, alpha a l p h a c i s dot com. It's and the then website. for those who are curious about your uh, your podcast launch here in the near future, go ahead and share with them that awesome website because you've yep. already launched it and it's already a resource hub. It go is. ahead and plug yep. it. Uh, yep. It's a uh, ATL startup factory, all one. 
you know, dot com dot com. All right. And for those of you listening out there again, if you'd like to learn more about JJ's services, you can visit conquestsm.com. And for those of you seeking legal advice, counsel, or a partner that will not steer you astray, you guys can find Clayton at caneinjurylaw.com. And um, I am your host, Amanda Pierce, and I have enjoyed speaking with you guys tremendously. Thank you for sharing your expertise with our audience and just having fun with me today on this rainy day. I feel like we brightened it up. Yeah. Dimitri, thank you so much for co-hosting with me today. Absolutely, it was awesome. Uh, in the cat bird seat. And for those of you listening out there, please hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss a beat. You can find us online 24-7 at ForsythBusinessRadioX.com. I listen on iTunes because I have an iPhone. Where do you listen to your podcast, iTunes, JJ? yeah. Clayton? Spotify. Spotify? Oh, yep, That's Spotify. you too. I know you mm-hmm. Android fellas, yep. <laughs> you guys. Well, it's been a great show today, and thank you very much for joining us. Again, I am your host, Amanda Peertram. For my co-host, Dimitri, this has been Forsyth Business Radio. Mm-hmm.